Thank you for tuning back in to Adama Stars. So today I'm going to be having a discussion with a good friend of mine called Gandhi El Chama. He's a producer and an award-winning producer actually, and a really good friend. And you know, we had a reunion, a uh, university reunion, a couple of a, couple, a month or two ago, and we really just reconnected, and it was great because. You know, he was able to share things that that I was kind of going through, and but he was going through in his own specific way, and his his kind of view in life on things, especially when it comes to say, staying sane. You know, your well being was remarkable, and it's you know, I, I said to myself, I need to have a discussion with you, as well as I want. To have, I want others to actually have the opportunity to listen to you because I think there's a lot that can be learned from from him. So, you know, after you know a lot of uh, encouraging, he you know he decided to uh, you know jump onto Dharma Stars, and so today I'm going to be you know having a a beautiful discussion. I think it's discussion is titled "Being Able to Stand," and I think it's really important, especially as as men having the ability to stand independently mentally um with you know in full confidence in who you are is is essential and being able to also have a safe space and be willing to be vulnerable and have conversations with people to help stimulate or reveal to you that oh wait I'm not as strong as I thought I was or that area in my life I actually do have a, a issue with, you know, I thought I didn't, you know, because I was ignoring it. But actually now I'm realizing that that's actually a problem. So Ganyu's perspective is amazing. And um, he's a father of two wonderful boys. And uh, just him talking about family, as well as his relationship with his partner, as well as his ability to kind of juggle life and his mind and stress i think it's a very important insight so i hope you enjoy today's discussion with gandhi el chama but look um gandhi thank you for coming um it's actually great to have you we've known each other for a very long time since uni um, 2004 oh my gosh it's been a while almost 20 years wow is it been that long no 19 years now snap yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? One thing I really admired about you is that you've always been, like, a top guy. Like, you know, it's just like someone oh, who's just you. consistent, you know, no drama, like, good vibes, good vibes. And I feel that since we've got a bit more older, now we've got families, we've still been able to kind of keep in touch, which has been great because there's been, like, a mutual respect um, mm. I think for me, I've kind of like, oh, yeah, Gandhi, yeah, Gandhi sounds, you know, like if there was one person you want to stay with, especially, you know, after uni, it's like, yeah, Gandhi is definitely one of those people. But what I really want to talk to you about is family. Um, I want I, I kind of want to get to know how you raised your, how you raised your family and how you keep mentally sane, especially because obviously, you know, we make films, right? And I want to know about how, 
you know, how do you protect and safeguard the relationship between you know you and your and your wife, as well as how you've developed the relationship between you and your children? So there's quite a lot that that's, I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I think it's, I think we do it differently. I think we were just speaking about how you do long form work and I do short form work, and I think in terms of how I balance my workouts by doing the short form kind of career path for me has been good mm. in the way that it allows me to have that time mm -hmm. with family mm -hmm. and to have that kind of flexibility yeah to go and you know I have my like office at the end of the garden and I and I work out there I try not to be on my phone in front of my kids and mm -hmm. you know generally yeah you know, just my office stuff stays in the office and my phone kind of screen time for myself. You know, we often talk about screen time for kids, right? It but it's actually your screen time as well really is important, you know, that when your kids see you doing something, they do it more. You're their, their, role model. their example, their role model. So if you're sat there on your phone, they're getting... The impression that's how they that's, tell me that's off. that's what a man does or whatever you know what I mean. They like, tell me <laughs> off. My little yeah. sister, my little daughter comes in and she takes my phone and says, "Get off your phone, daddy." You know, or she yeah. snitches me up. You know, smart we, girl. We we at the table having a uh, you know uh, family dinner, right? Especially because on Saturdays I do family breakfast, mm. right? And so sometimes when I have my phone and I'm arranging things, it's like, "Daddy, get off your phone!" Or she goes to mommy and says, "Mommy, daddy's on his phone." And it's like. Oh, why are you stitching me up for? But yeah, it's I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think especially in today's day and age, I think it's like critical to understand the use of phones and how how as a um, as a father, you know, your use of that phone mm. is gonna impact your sons and your daughters. You got two I've children got, now. I've got two boys, yeah. Two boys. So for me it's very much like, okay. It's on me to kind of set that example about how to be a man and, you mm -hmm. know, and um, not show. There's a, like an incredible amount of discussion around toxic masculinity, right? So, mm -hmm. so it's how to show healthy masculinity, mm -hmm. how, how to be like confident as a man and project that so your kids can, you know, understand what it is to be a man. And, um, but let me pause you before we, we go yeah. into that aspect because we yeah, just yeah. delved in straight into that, right? Okay. Um, um, what I really want to know first is how, at what point were you ready to meet your partner now and let alone have children? Like, what did you, like, were there things that you had to mentally sort out? Because I know for me, for example, I wasn't ready for a long time to have children. Mm. Um, like I didn't want to have children too young because mm. like I, I still need to figure stuff out, you know. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. stable enough, you know. Yeah. And and then when I did meet my partner, then we had to kind of wait a certain amount of time before we had children so mm. that we knew that for sure that we wanted to spend all our lives together, first of all. Mm -hmm. And then we want to bring children into this world that we wanted to create. So at what point did that click for you? If at all. <laughs> um, I mean it definitely clicked I think when I met my partner I was like this is it mm -hmm. kind of thing I kind of knew I knew 
this was the person. And I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, she's amazing and everything. Yeah. But I didn't, there wasn't like an explanation or something kind of like, you know, she wasn't glowing or anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> there wasn't like wow. a big finger going, you know, this is the, this is the one. Yeah. But it just, you know, I just got that feeling. I just got that feeling like pretty much straight away. Like butterflies? Sweet knees? No. No, 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 nothing out of Disney, <laughs> but it was definitely like, uh, definitely one of those situations where we met, and I was like, immediately the physical attraction was there, and the kind of less, you know, when some, I think for me, I've had girlfriends that will not necessarily improve me mm-hmm. um but this my partner now does improve me she adds to what you do yeah yeah she doesn't take any bs and she doesn't which is good you want you actually do want that yeah even though you complain about it you, you as a man i think it's very important because you respect your spouse for who they are yeah and just take them for granted and for them as well to not let you idle mm. you know what I mean and be like okay and and there's two forms as well it's not the um, like I've I know someone who's going through a bit of trouble with his partner mm-hmm. and her thing has been like this is not what I signed up for I expected this the x and y z you know what I mean yeah. from you and that's not healthy yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone projecting their expectations upon him, mm-hmm. even though that's his partner, is not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not not what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think my partner's never done that. There's never been like... He's beautiful. N- never been like, oh, why aren't you doing that thing that I expected you to do? Or... You know, we'll we'll always have a discussion mm-hmm. about it, and we've kind of put in certain things into our relationship in order to make it sustainable long term. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. every night we'll have a at least a cup of tea together oh. and talk, and it's not it's not it's not even like oh, it's like this is. I see it more as maintenance. I'm like, all right, let's sit down, let's have a cup of tea. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that's that's very important. Yeah, because I talk about weeding in one of my. Um, my previous podcast in terms of yeah. constant weeding like you yeah. can't just expect that nothing no rubbish no things that are going to choke out the flowers mm. that you're growing are going to exactly yeah. how was your day yeah. oh well the small things you did that thing today that really annoyed me <laughs> and then you just talk casually, about it and casually. then you're just like yeah. okay cool I want to do that again you know whatever mm. and then you just you you work out these kinks and stuff you know but yeah. those came later Okay. Relationship. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and and were you like were you like mentally at the place to do that well? Like did like did you have things that okay. you're trying to deal with? Let, like, let like, me oh, give you a context. Yeah, let's like, yeah. I, in the context. beginning I was terrible. In the beginning. <laughs> right? When this I look back now, yeah. I was like, Oh like oh God, you know, like okay. And let's be clear I need to up my game. We call they call you the you know, the G man, right? El Charmer, right? <laughs> And that obviously that is his name, El Charmer, right? But it's kind of like a, a pun because it's not 
no, it's spelled the same way. But yeah. No, yeah. But um, I was doing all right for myself back in the day. Anyway. Back in the day, but... you were always the girl. You know, this, this would be clear. You've always been the ladies guy. I'll, I'll I'll let you say that. <laughs> I will uh, keep my decency and not out myself. No on, problem, no problem. Anyways. On this podcast, Go but, yeah. Anyway, talk, talk. But the point is, is that <clears throat> I think when I say terrible, I mean as in my my communication mm. in relationships is bad. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, I'd be working and I wouldn't communicate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wouldn't call. I wouldn't text. I wouldn't do anything. I still struggle with it now. Yeah. There's. It's like a block for me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm very self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of expectancy of other people yeah. that they're like me. But that's like that's a stuff. total that's, like. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. You know what exist. I mean? There's yeah. a few people like me. Like I, you can't again. You can't project your own expectations of other people onto them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. But it's but is it healthy to have expectations but communicate that accordingly, and and to see if it has a place in the relationship that you're creating? Because, like for example, I have, you know, my wife had certain expectations. I have certain expectations, mm-hmm. um, and we've communicated that. Mm-hmm. And when we haven't communicated that, then there's this paradox that kind of exists that has now been created that we now assume. That other person is doing this or wants this, but mm. we've never ever communicated that at all. Yeah. So, in this precise precise situation, I'll mm-hmm. give you the example of exactly that. Yeah. It's like okay, <clears throat> my communication isn't very good. Is that the man I want to be? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be a man that cannot communicate very well? Mm-hmm. No. So that's her expectation on me, mm-hmm. improving me. My expectation on her is for her to understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not what you're going to say. I don't, you know, not to communicate or understand when I don't communicate. Yeah. Is that going to improve her? Yeah. No. Is that going to improve our relationship? No. Mm. Right? It's mm. actually going to diminish our relationship. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I had to understand quite quickly that there's certain things that will improve us and certain mm. things that will diminish us and it's those things that you have to as a man acknowledge very quickly mm-hmm. to understand okay she just wants to talk to me literally and that's quite an honor did you know what i mean in a way because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like somebody yeah. in this world wants to talk to just me and wants to hear what i have to say not the other side just you yeah 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 she's not asking to talk to anyone else you know what I mean? She might call a friend or whatever, but she wants something very specific from me, mm-hmm. right? So it's one of those things where I can respond and be like, you know, give her that and also get some myself, you know, mm-hmm. and get get that communication for myself. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's something men don't appreciate that they need very they need. often, especially me. Um is that I like had had to I, I wasn't always ready for love if you know what I mean mm. and ready to receive love and ready to kind of 
the mental aspect of love. Yeah, exactly. The the physicality is we can everyone talks about, but exactly, it's, it's the mental easy. it's the mental aspect. That's yeah. the easy stuff. Yeah. It's it's the point of like being open to being loved and communicated in a loving way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Communicate to in a loving way and stuff like that and reciprocating. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue is that you'll you can walk the walk. Yeah. But can you talk the talk, you, you know? Because talking communication is what builds the foundation for that long-lasting relationship where you can survive difficult things because you're talking, you're communicating without that. And how have you <clears throat> have you had to do some soul-searching or kind of mental development of yourself in order for you to function better in this coupling? Yeah, yeah. I think it's... That's eternal, you know? <laughs> but it's um, it's, a, it's a good resource. Um, but specific but I, things. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a few things. Um, so early on in the relationship, we we would, you know, when we talked about having kids, it was like my partner said something very very specific. She was like, "Oh well," I said something very specific. I was, in the, you know, when we decided. I was like, I had a like a melt. Like when I look back now, I had a meltdown. Oh, I didn't have a meltdown. Yeah, in a Gandhi way, <laughs> but for Gandhi, for yes. my for me, for it was a meltdown. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was one of those things where it was like, oh, I don't know. Like, are we are we there? Are we are we in that kind of relationship? You know, mm-hmm. all these questions. You know, it was like. Chandler Bing out of Friends or something you know, <laughs> suddenly came out and it was just like okay right and then I had to recognize very quickly mm. that this was my own block like my own block about you know receiving love you know and it was this thing where I was like oh right okay I'm I'm about to take the next step in this relationship and something my partner said that was very very resounding which was after we talked about kids, she was like, you're never going to be ready for kids. Mm. You know, and I was like, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. And now that I've had kids, I know you can never prepare to, be, to have kids. Yeah. You can I, never, you can never prepare. Like, you think you're prepared. But you're not. You'll be like fully financially prepared or whatever. Even that. You'll have not. everything. Even that. And not. then you'll just be like, yeah. I'm not. You know, not you'll get there and you'll just, yeah, there's nothing yeah. that can prepare you. The first cry. The first cry, yeah. but then it wasn't just a cry. It was there's crying when a baby cries, mm. but then there's an another pitch that it goes up oh, to. Yeah. <laughs> now, only as a parent do you understand that. You can't explain yeah. that to somebody yeah. who doesn't understand that. They but can't. when I first, I wanted to, I felt like I have failed. I wanted to walk out of the house yeah. at nighttime, mm. naked, you know, <laughs> and not come back. You know, that was that was like most like I was so broken. You know, like when, oh, I remember I was holding my kids because I'm Josiah. I'm, uh, my oldest mm. when he was a baby and they're trying to he only go to bed in my arms mm. but that's annoying for me because like yeah. <laughs> and he and it has to, you know, the woman has to be pitch black his yeah. eyes would be open looking at me yeah for an hour i'm there <laughs> rocking back and forth uh, back and forth. that's that's, some next that's a beautiful thing though. it it is but it isn't oh i understand if you know what i mean it's like a double-edged sword I'll tell you something. I think I'll tell you something funny because I think I, I got I think I got a hernia from 
<laughs> you're not gonna believe this. So I was, I realized I wasn't gonna be going, exercising mm-hmm. for a month because I'd I'd said like I'm gonna stay and you know take paternity leave for like a month and just look after my new son. And, and you're self-employed, so paternity leave is actually time not working. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to be very clear, I'm yeah. just translating for everyone. <laughs> but basically, took that. And um, I realized that I'm not going to get my much exercise done because I'm not sleeping much, you know, etc. And I and I started to do lunges, <laughs> cold in the middle of the night, two a.m., three a.m. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some lunges. Okay, fine. So I started doing lunges, exercises in the middle of the night. What would they? Because he would with sleep. He would sleep. Because of that up and down motion, okay, okay, that kind of like, yeah, 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 you know, the motion of down, up, down, up. made my lunges super smooth mm. as well. Mm. There was no wobbling, okay, of course, of course. in the beginning, there was, but by the end of it, I was solid as a rock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a hernia, so yeah, literally, I'm pretty sure that was it. I'm pretty sure that was it. And then, I, then I went back to jujitsu and I was like. And then that was it, but yeah. So that's so just to come back to our <laughs> thing <laughs> after the little diversion. But yeah. it's um, it was that whole aspect of parenthood and kind of being ready and all of not being ready, etc. And I had that meltdown, and I kind of came back, and I was like, no, no, mm. I'm ready for this. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of forced myself. To kind of confront that. The unknown. Yeah, exactly. Like, we all fear change. We all fear the unknown. Mm. And what what you are not necessarily in control of. Mm. Right? And we want to control everything. And I just thought, you know what? Let me just head down this road. And it was difficult because, you know, not everyone was on board initially. But... Mm. You know, family-wise, my my other family, um, not my other family, like my parents and yeah, you yeah. <laughs> there's only one family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we got through it and stuff, and you know, we had a beautiful boy, uh, who who came. You know, we had home birth and stuff, and it was oh, like oh wow, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it was really well. The most recent one was a free birth, so that was even more free birth. Free birth, yeah, yeah. So we had um, free. Birth? So home birth is where you have your midwives in. Yeah, yeah. We had a really good, um, kind of initial birth, mm-hmm. but then it kind of went a bit downhill after, like, because we had a we had our two midwives, mm-hmm. and then and the whole point was that it was like really private and kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. You know? And then there was a, like a shift in, the. Sorry, the the shifts changed. Okay. So we had two more midwives. Oh, they shifted. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then we had like two strangers in the room. So now it's four people. <laughs> now yeah, it's yeah. four people who we were just like, uh, you know, and then, you know, she had to go into like, she, the birth went fine and everything mm-hmm. and baby was born in the house and everything was cool at, up until that point. And then she had to go into hospital and then it kind of went a bit downhill, which is... Yeah, Not what's meant to happen, you know what I mean? Like, home, yeah, okay. yeah, it was all 
you know, I don't want to get too graphic, yeah. but you know what I mean. And then, so for this one, we decided... Your next, your next child. Yeah. Next child. Um, he was born in December. He's coming mm. up to his first birthday. Mm. And um, so we had a free birth. So we had something called a... We had someone who's a birth keeper who's trained under abstract, uh, under an obstetric doctor okay. consultant for five years and stuff but she's she's known as a birth keeper which is close to what more people might understand which is a doula okay but she's not a doula she's actually more trained than a doula more trained in in the traditional stuff that people do kind of know and, and more the spiritual kind of um spiritual side of things as well okay stuff stuff that you know i think a lot of cultures might have forgotten Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I think throughout the world as well, because every culture has its you know, more traditional stuff, what pre-medicalization. And, um, this, and this was at home. This was at home, yeah. So we had our, and the funny story around this one was that my partner gave me like a list of things mm. to do, right? and one of them was a make her labor lemonade. So I was going to make her a labor lemonade. Labor right? lemonade. Labor lemonade. And it's full of good nutrients and stuff to boost her, keep her going. Right? Okay. So it's it's great. Really good. Like, I I drank it. It's delicious. Well, just rum and coke, yeah? Rum and coke, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> With lemon. <laughs> the key ingredient here is lemons, lemon. right? So our birth keeper, <laughs> bless her, I called her and said, look, you might as well head over. We think it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you happen to have any lemons, <laughs> bring them with you. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm sat there just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Um given you know, she's like literally giving birth in in the front room. My son is like asleep upstairs. Naturally. Um but he's he, he later wakes up and that's another funny story. Mm-hmm. But um He's, uh, sorry, she's uh, giving birth, basically. She's on, she's about to give birth. And we're wondering, where's, where's our birth keeper? Where is she? Like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, she's not here yet. But, we, you know, we don't really need her there, right? So you can do everything yourself, right? You... Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, like, you, you know, you know, the general misconception is, right, that the doctor delivers the baby. Yeah, the woman delivers the baby, right? Yeah, so this whole thing that, like, when you actually look at births, physiological births, that is, like, woman does everything. Doctors could literally stand there, do nothing, mm. and it would happen on its own. And that's the point. That's the point of what what we wanted to do. And um, so Anna's kind of, like, resting on me, and she's like, and then we get a knock on the door. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, birth keeps it. Yeah, and she's like, the head is out, and I'm like, oh, to me, that's not good timing. To me, I'm just like, Why are you here? this is perfect timing. I can open the door, and she can help. And she's like, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll get the door because the door is like, literally like a meter and a half away, so yeah. I could reach, get it, and come back and support my partner. Yeah. And she's like, Gandhi, the head is out. <laughs> <laughs> the head is out. And I'm that. just like, yeah, that means 
opened the door. That, that's how that translated <laughs> to me, you know. <laughs> so I kind of like rest, rest my partner, bless her, on this couch. So she's kind of like leaning now on the couch directly instead of on my knees. And up. then I go open the door. Birth keeper comes in. Baby comes out. All perfect timing. Oh, wow. Birth keeper doesn't say a word. Just gives my partner a kiss on the head. Cleans up a little bit. Sits down. And it's just a beautiful kind of, well, probably one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life. Okay. It was just like one of those very empowering, kind of moments. moments for me so in my, you know, but the key my... but the key thing is did you get lemonade sorry the lemon labor lemonade no, so then the bird goes back she was like oh, sorry I'm late. i couldn't find any lemons <laughs> <laughs> i was looking around for these lemons <laughs> and there was no way open because it was the middle of the morning as well she was so like, it's your fault no so your fault that she was late. totally my fault yeah yeah but it was funny yeah, because both of my children were water births. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our first one, yeah. So, so literally, it was just, they came. And the funny thing is, actually, when the first one came out, um, I think my my wife was in labour for, like, 20 minutes? 20 minutes? Yeah, it was crazy. That's amazing. Like, it, That's... She, she, it just came out. That's great. But then the thing is, there's two stories. What the first story was, okay, when the baby came out, when Josiah came out, like he was in the water, mm. but because my wife was had had so much drugs, like because the, the, the gas, <laughs> the gas, the gas, and gas, air, the gas yeah, in there, yeah. right? I wanted it, but I got told off, like yeah, this, like, whatever. <laughs> so then she came yeah. out. It's like the baby's in the water. She said, "The baby's in the water." So yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. grab the baby, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like the baby's, the and then. What was? But they're I, kind of fine in the water for a while, aren't for they? The, for the for the one, yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. getting all their oxygen yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in the 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 funniest story was that my wife gave me this list, right? I said, "Oh no, I, this is how I want it. I want music playing. I want, yeah. I want this. I want this, and I don't want any drugs." I was like, "But just in case, no, I don't want no drugs." I'm like, okay, cool. So anyway, <laughs> she's she's going into, it's getting to that moment, right? And so yeah. we get to the hospital. And we're walking down. We have to walk around. It's like it's like a long hall, um, mm. hallway, right? In order for us to get to the actual ward itself. So she's walking and she says, "I want the drugs now. I want the drugs. I want the drugs." <laughs> Hand on the hip, and she's shaking her head. And I'm laughing. I say to myself, I, "Okay, I'll get you the drugs." Yeah, and so yeah. it's like the irony in terms of how it just changed. So I thought it was quite, yeah, yeah. Quite. I don't think that's what she meant though. What did she speak to you about it afterwards? Like, no, that's just, why did you give me the drugs? No, she needed the drugs. There was okay. no way she was gonna. She was like, I definitely because the amount of pain that she was in, I, yeah, I was, yeah. like anything. Like, I don't think anything can prepare anyone for that. In that pain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was funny. Because when we on the first one, I always talk about <clears throat> how my partner when she was like, you know, moaning mm. or you know, mm. in pain basically, mm. it was actually quite you know strong. Kind of seemed. Anyway, when I got to the hospital, it was more like a scream. I could hear people screaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just like a different, I was like, it's a different I need pain. to go help these people. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot to be said of giving birth in somewhere where you're comfortable, somewhere where you're, wherever that person is comfortable. And I think yeah, yeah. not everyone realizes that, you know, it's, it makes giving, a difference. giving birth at home, you can have two midwives, you can have, you know, you yeah, can have, yeah. do it the way you want and... 
Yeah. And I think like wherever you are comfortable mm. is where you should be giving birth. And I'm just afraid of the cleanup. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cleanup is not pretty. No, no, it's like, don't get... I don't want to talk about. We had a lot of paper everywhere. It's, but yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where you just got to be ready. And every but, time yeah. you sit there, you're gonna remember that. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, we we had to get on the second one. We had to get rid of a rug. <laughs> that rug was gone. <laughs> uh, so talk to like, we gotta get rid of that. Yeah. So talk to me about now you've got. Two wonderful children. Mm. You've got a great, great relationship. Um, have you had moments whereby you've kind of said to yourself, I think I have a a problem. You know, like, mm. I don't think I'm all that. Like, so I know for me, for example, there was a moment, I was, it was actually my last project that mm. I did last year. And I was away from home. And it was, it was a, it's a very challenging project. And through all that project, it helped. What it did, it unsurf, it, it, well, it raised the surfaces, things that I hadn't really addressed, mm. especially through my upbringing. Yeah. Um, trauma that I kind of thought, oh, yeah, I've overcome that. But I actually haven't overcome that. And it was only when I was meeting certain people that I realized that, oh, wait, certain things I'm not being met in my relationship with my with my with my wife, as well as certain things I actually haven't overcome, even mm-hmm. though I don't perceive them as being the issues. That actually deep down they are, because what I had what I had done is pretended that those things don't exist, mm-hmm. and for a certain while that helped me a lot. But then you know I'm pushing my, my remember I was pushing my son on during lockdown. I was pushing my son on the swing. And I started crying. It's like, what am I crying for? Because I've never been pushed by my parents mm. ever mm. on the swing. Wow. You know, so it's like it hit me in terms of, oh, I don't actually have a father. Mm. I don't actually have anybody that wants to be my father. Mm. You know, the person that I thought was my father left us, and the other person that actually became well was my father biologically. I've never ever met mm. and so it's like and I'm getting all this information you know like I got this information like three years ago so it's like it's all hitting me and then yeah. only when <clears throat> it was just I think it was just you know when certain things align it's like oh ah I've got that oh that's a thing I didn't mm. know that was a thing so yeah. me not having a father was a thing but it's like I, I need a guy that's that brought me into this world that actually wants to sit with me and just have that conversation. Mm. You no, know, you had those like sayings like conversations that turn you into a man. Yeah, you know, it's like I want to have those conversations with somebody who actually wants to be that father figure in my yeah. life. And it's yeah. like I don't have that. And then my because my auntie adopted us, like my auntie has become my mum, mm. and then she's done so much. So it's like what I don't want to do is overstructure, right? And yeah. It was only on that job that she said to me, Junior, I'm really proud of you. Mm. And it was the first time that I eased the pressure that I put on myself to become something. Mm. And it hit me and I cried like a baby. Mm. And it was at that moment that I decided to do something that I've never done and talk to somebody about my what's happening in my mind. You know, um, So I went to therapy and that was a big thing. 
right? Because I'm, I have to, my, 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 my mindset was, look, I have, I'm going to spend money, give somebody money for me to talk, for them to hear, and then me to go away and then come back and do the same thing again. It's like, ah, I'm married. I've got friends. And I realized that my friends couldn't help me because they didn't have the tools. And then some of my friends are not as close as I thought we were. So mm. take for me to kind of download all that information to them mm. may scare a lot of people. And so I needed somebody somewhat neutral. Mm. And my wife, she wants to, you know, you know cradle me. I'm like, mm. I need somebody just to listen to me unobjectively, right? Mm. And so after about three years, I kind of finally took the step out and said, okay, cool, I'm going to do it. Let me just see it. And I cried. It was the first time I laid down and told my whole story to somebody. Mm. And I've never cried so much in my life. Like, I'm talking about I couldn't stop the tears coming down. Mm. And it it was just a massive release, like yeah. a major release. And so in that whole process, which lasted about six, uh, about six months, you know, it was going to therapy, it it unlocked so much in terms in me in terms of reconciling all the different aspects of me like the the boy that didn't that w didn't have the time to be a boy because i had to grow up very quickly mm. and so i had the moment to actually say oh wait that boy still needs to play mm. you know or that adult needs to relax you know the adult that was you know my sage as they called it right yeah. you know overlooking on me and making sure that I keep focused mm. um, and now I'm reached to a point where I need to reconcile all the different parts of me, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly and say, okay, I needed to be that strong in order for me to get through that moment in my life. And I don't need to reject it. I just have to acknowledge it. And so what my question is to you is, have you had to embrace certain things that you never really thought you would embrace that, that has helped actually strengthen you mentally, especially as a man, like, you know, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Is, uh, I think a lot of people don't know they need to talk about certain things. Mm. Um, and I think that's how it happened for me, where I was like, <clears throat> I was just, you know, plodding through life, basically. And then I had a chat with somebody and he was, and I just kind of like, I was like, oh, you know, just chatting about just general stuff. And he was like, oh, you know what would help you? And then he gave me this card. Mm. And I was like, okay, what's this? And he was like, just, I think it will help you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and he's exactly right to not tell me about this thing. So it was basically, um, an organization that deals with kind of bringing men together mm -hmm. and getting them to, you know, talk mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And you do a weekend and you would do a weekend away basically and you talk through whatever problems and you do it with only men, other men. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and if, and if someone had listed what I would be doing, day, <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah. I would have, been like no way kind yeah. of thing you know but sometimes you got to go through a trial by fire you know what i mean yeah, you yeah. gotta you gotta like put yourself in a situation where you're just gonna be like mm -hmm. like 
totally out of your comfort zone or whatever. But you know what? But when I got there and I was doing everything and I was doing the talking, I was doing all these things, I was uncomfortable, but I was I was still like pushing myself to do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to try at least. Yeah. And um, and I did it, and I and I got something out of it. But what I really got out of it was the ability to join these men's circles afterwards mm -hmm. where I get to go every week, every other week, basically. And you do training. You do training with these men and this, with the organization in order to... And I make it sound a little bit culty organization, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's just men mm -hmm. basically teaching other men about how to deal with their emotions. Mm -hmm. The majority it's of like, powerful. yeah, I mean, the majority of the people there were like from boarding schools and stuff like that, you know. Because what happens at boarding school, you know, your your parents drop you off yeah, by, yeah. you know, and just leave you to your own devices, you know, mm. and you're just not gonna build men that way. You're not gonna build women that way either, you know. Mentally, you yeah, mentally, very, yeah. You just realistically. They'll have to find another way to build their yeah build it. You know what I mean, and they'll have to deal with that fact that you know they've they've just been dropped off, dropped abandoned. Off. But I, my my eyes, you know, my opinion, if that I can't dream of doing that to my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the look on their face. See, see you later. Especially, I can't imagine, especially for like, extreme prolonged amounts of time. You know? Yeah, they're gone for like a six six months term literally you know? like there's no you know you transgress but yeah but yeah so the point is is that how how do i deal with problems now mm -hmm. you know what i mean um because my friends are great but the stuff i've talked about in these circles is different mm. it's the yeah. purpose is to talk about deep stuff yeah whenever you, you meet up with your mates then you know you're not all. So, I don't want to hear. Sometimes I don't want to hear their <laughs> shit. You know, they don't want to hear my. You know what I mean. Sometimes we're just there, just to like relax and talk through stuff and yeah. whatever. You know, and just have fun and. As a purpose, you know, yeah. But sometimes I do. Sometimes I do want to talk to my mates, and of course I'm there for them if they mm. want to talk through stuff. Um, but the purpose of these men's circles is that, just to give myself an outlet. Mm. Sometimes to be able to I know like every other week I can go to this place and sit you know sit sit in a circle of other men who would support me mm -hmm. and talk through whatever and you know go through certain clearing processes and you know processes like specific processes in order to not just because we can go to therapy this mm -hmm. isn't therapy mm -hmm. this is something where you go in depth into issues and if you need to do something physical you do something physical and you you know you kind of break through certain mental barriers that way that mm -hmm. might have been holding you back you know what i mean yeah, yeah and i found like i didn't even think i had any problems until i did that, until you did that. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. i was like oh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's an issue that's an issue but the, po the point yeah. is is now yeah. i'm able to identify mm. elements especially as a father mm. that I can improve. Yes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Cuz yeah. 
unfortunately, a lot of the problems, the hang-ups are when you're with children, mm. you know, when we're like, you know, up until the age of like 15 with me where, you know, and, and there was lots of situations where I was just like, okay, yeah, mm. Mm. that's why I do that or that's why I have a problem with this, you know what I mean? And yeah. there was one situation where like my son we were walking in the woods mm-hmm. right and I'm just are, are you, oh. is a bear hunt going for the bear hunt yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we've got like beautiful woods near us and yeah. we were just walking through the woods and yeah. it was just like I was just like oh wow this smells beautiful and it's like serene mm-hmm. and my son just starts making this like noise <laughs> you know Tended to be an owl, and he's like, <laughs> really loud, like you know. Uh, yeah. And I'm there, and I'm just like, oh, man. I'm about to like tell him to shut up, mm. and then I'm just like, I stop myself, and I'm like, why would I do that? Or why am I going to tell him to shut up? Mm. You know, because that's what I was done. What happened to me? Mm. If I made too much noise, if I did something embarrassing to my parents, like. Mm made an owl noise in the middle of the street or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they'd tell me to shut up, yeah. you know, um, or be quiet. They wouldn't tell me to shut up, but they'd just be like, be mm. quiet, mm. you know. Um, <clears throat> and I realised, ah, oh, right. So I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. Mm. And then I just started laughing because it was really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, and then I realised like, yeah. you know, and somebody said it before, you know, the kids are your gurus, you know. Yeah. Your kids are your gurus. They'll teach you so much if you just listen, you know, and if you just step back and you just watch and observe your kids, mm. you will grow and you yeah. will because, you know, you watch them for a bit, you talk to them, you listen, actually listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever fantastical shit they come out, they come out with, just listen. Yeah. You and know? they will come up like random <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. So- <laughs> Yeah, and you just got to be like, okay, open. Mm. What are you saying? What What is it? Oh, right, okay, you know, the dragons and the dinosaurs or whatever, you know, like just they'll come at you with it and you just got to be like, okay, and just absorb it because half the time it'll make you smile. Half the time it'll make you laugh. And when you realise yeah. the alternative was you correcting them or you doing something to yeah. them. And what's that not going to do? You're yeah. not going to laugh. You're not going to smile. Yeah. You're not going to enjoy that moment. Yeah. yeah. So this is the end of part one of my conversation with Gandhi. Stay tuned for part two.